Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is to see everyone attend church and hear from God daily through His Word. The Bible reveals God's responses to various situations, and through daily devotions, we can reshape our thought patterns, transform our minds, and become more Christ-like. Join us here every Monday through Friday as different pastors and leaders from Fusion Church provide insightful devotions and teachings based on the day's scripture. For the current SOAP reading plan, visit fusionchurch.cc SOAP and join us as we deepen our understanding and relationship with God. But we are going to kick this thing off. We're going to be in Daniel chapter 9 today, and I'm reading from the Christian Standard Bible. And I'm eager to press in with all of you because one of these chapters, uh, one of the great highlights is uh, praying based on God's character and praying based on God's promises and having an understanding of his word to do that. So I think this is so good, especially in the time that we're in, as we're in the middle of prayer and fasting. And, uh, you know, I think what we're in week two now at this point. So we like we're at like the halfway mark of getting through this thing. Uh, But this is a great like reorienter for all of us. So why don't we pray and we'll hop right on in. So, Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for each and every person that is on with us today. Lord, uh, we know it's not by might. It's not by power, but it's only by your spirit. So, Holy Spirit, I just pray, join us right now. Lord, give us divine downloads from heaven. Lord, we know that you have a word for each and every one of us. So, God, we are just pressing in for that word today. So Jesus, release it, and we pray in your name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. So it's so great whenever we're in the Daniel fast and we're doing our soaping and we have everyone hopping on and pressing in together. I want to give you a really quick encouragement as we are pressing into the Word of God together today. You know, a lot of us come this new year time, right? We are into January. We have set our resolutions uh, and I love talking about resolutions at the beginning of every single year uh, because I'm not so much of a resolution guy. Uh, I'm really more of a routine guy. So we can set resolutions all that we want. We can set these goals, end of year goals constantly. Uh, but I want to encourage you that as you're looking forward, especially through the Daniel fast, God is speaking to you, uh, giving you things that he wants you to accomplish, purpose, uh, and he's giving you direction. I just want to encourage you, build routines, because if we just have a resolution and we have a goal, we can see that finish line. But uh, how many of us still have Planet Fitness memberships from last year that are just ringing out our bank account (laughs) because we said we were going to go every day? Right. I know I I have so many of my own. uh, But a couple of years ago, I made a decision that I was no longer setting uh, resolutions, but I was just going to make routines. Right. Whether it be putting something away quickly. So I've become a disciplined person. Right. So I want to encourage you as we're pressing in today and we're going into the word of God, let soaping, let pressing into the word, let prayer, let connecting with Jesus not be a resolution that you're setting yourself for yourself over the Daniel fast. But let it be a routine that you're building so you can carry well beyond this 21 days of prayer and fasting. Amen. Because we want to be people of the word, not just people of a moment. Right. I want to go so much further than just 21 days. I am in it for the marathon, not the sprint. Right. So let's press into this thing today together. It's going to be Daniel chapter nine. And I'm reading from the Christian Standard Bible. It starts off. It says in the first year of Darius, the son of Amreus, a Mede by birth, who was made king over the Chaldean kingdom. 
In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood from the books according to the word of the Lord to the prophet Jeremiah that the number of years for the desolation of Jerusalem would be 70. So I turned my attention to the Lord God to seek him by prayer and petitions with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed, Ah, Lord, the great and awesome, inspiring God who keeps his gracious covenant with those who love him and keeps his commands. We have sinned, done wrong, acted wickedly, rebelled, and turned away from your commands and ordinances. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets. We spoke in your name to our kings, leaders, fathers, and all the people of the land. Lord, righteousness belongs to you. But this day, public shame belongs to us, the men of Judah, the residents of Jerusalem, and all Israel. Those who are near and those who are far in all the countries where you have banished them because of the disloyalty they've shown towards you. Lord, public shame belongs to us, our kings, our leaders, and our fathers, because we have sinned against you. Compassion and forgiveness belong to the Lord our God, though we have rebelled against them and have not obeyed the Lord our God by following his instructions that he set before us through his servants, the prophets. All Israel has broken your law and turned away, refusing to obey you. The promised curse written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, has been poured out on us because we have sinned against him. He has carried out his words that he spoke against us and against our rulers by bringing on us a disaster that is so great that nothing like it what was done in Jerusalem has ever been done under all of heaven. Just as it is written in the law of Moses, all this disaster has come on us. Yet we have not sought the favor of the Lord our God by turning from our iniquities and paying attention to your truth. So the Lord kept the disaster in mind and brought it on us. For the Lord our God is righteous in all he has done, but we have not obeyed him. Now, Lord our God, who brought your people out of the land of Egypt with a strong hand and made your name renowned, as it is this day we have sinned and have acted wickedly. Lord, in keeping with all your righteous acts, may your anger and wrath turn away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy mountain. For because of our sins and the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and your people have become an object of ridicule to all those around us. Therefore, our God, hear the prayer and petitions of your servant. Make your face shine on your desolate sanctuary for the Lord's sake. Listen closely, my God, and hear. Open your eyes and see our desolations and the city that bears your name. For we are not presenting our petitions before you based on righteous acts, but based on your abundant compassion. Lord, hear. Lord, forgive. Lord, listen and act. My God, for your own sake, do not delay. Because your city and your people bear your name. While I was speaking, praying, and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my petition before God, my uh, before uh, the Lord, my God, concerning the holy mountain of my God, while I was praying, Gabriel, the man I had seen in the first vision, reached me in my extreme weariness about the same time of the evening offering. He gave me this explanation, Daniel, I've come now to give you understanding. At the beginning of your petitions, an answer went out, and I have come to give it, for you are treasured by God. So consider the message and understand the vision. Seventy weeks are decreed about your people and your holy city to bring the rebellion to an end, 
to put a stop to sin, to atone for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and anoint the most holy place. Know and understand this. From the issuing of the decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the anointed one, the ruler, will be seven weeks and 62 weeks. It will be rebuilt with a plaza and a moat, but in difficult times. After those 62 weeks, the anointed one will be cut off and will have nothing. The people of the coming ruler will destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end will come with a flood. And until the end, there will be war. Desolations are decreed. He will make a firm covenant with many for one week, but in the middle of the week, he will put a stop to sacrifice and offering, and the abomination of desolation will be on a wing of the temple until the decree destruction is poured out on the de desolator. Ooh, good, good, good. One of these chapters is a nice full one. It's a filled word with prophecy. Uh, we have a lot of future stuff that's being spoken about right here, uh, but I really enjoy just these first few verses that Daniel brings to the table as he's speaking to us. Uh, and what I love during our time together, if you have verses, questions, anything that stands out, be sure to drop it inside of the chat. I try to keep my eyes on it to the best of my ability. Uh, but I love to hear what the Lord is speaking to you and what the God is uh, really stirring inside of your heart. So right off the bat, uh, we have Daniel introducing what he's writing here in chapter 9. And I like what it says in verse two, where it says, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood from the books, according to the word of the Lord, to the prophet Jeremiah. You see, right here, Daniel is giving us understanding where he's getting his knowledge from. And I wanted to give you a strong encouragement today is what the Bible says that in all of your getting, get understanding. On a daily basis, we're constantly getting things. Uh, I don't know about you, but for me, I'm a Walmart shopper. I'm a Sam's Club shopper. It's who I am. And I occasionally go to Target, right? Come on, we say pinkies out. We're not Target people. We say Target, pinkies out. So uh, I'm a here and there kind of Target person. But whenever I get to these places, I'm finding that once I get in there, even though I have a list, I remember that I have to get a whole lot more. Come on, somebody. And suddenly my uh, grocery bill that was five things for $100 because hashtag inflation. Uh, next thing you know, it's 12 things for $300. And I'm finding that in all of my getting, I'm getting more, right? Uh, thank you for the need to get. <laughs> so in all my getting, I'm getting. Uh, but suddenly I remember that my wife wants to bake bread and I have to pick up yeast, right? We're out of flour and we need extra flour. And I don't know about you, we got a bun in the oven and I also like bread in the oven, right? <laughs> Come on, amen. Uh, but in all my getting, I'm getting and getting and getting and getting. And that's kind of who we are as people. Right. We are very consumer heavy, but we continue to get stuff. And some of it's what we need. Some of it's what we want. Right. Let's confess a little bit here uh, because we really, really, really didn't need the, the tasty cakes. We didn't need the crispy creams that we are walking past. I know shock and awe are hitting the people today. Uh, but here's the thing. In all of our getting, we get, get, get right here inside of the word of God. What it tells us in all you're getting, make sure you're also getting understanding. And I think sometimes we walk into situations, scenarios, workplaces with preconceived notions about people, about what they're going to say. And come on, we make a lot of assumptions about what they're thinking many times. And in all of our getting from life, we want to make sure that understanding is being got, right? So Daniel is bringing to the table the understanding that he's gotten from the word of God. 
And this is what's so important because it's, he said, I was reading in Jeremiah. I was reading the word of God and the Lord spoke to me. And when he spoke to me, he reminded me of the promise that he made that there would only be 70 years of this exile for the people. God, this 70 years is coming to an end, and I know it's time for the people to come back. And this is what's so important about studying the word of God. You know, we want to draw near to God so that we can hear God. My note takers, that's for you. I try to make it rhyme just for you. We want to draw near to God to hear from God. How can I hear someone that I'm far from? So often I expect God to shout at me or raise his voice when he's speaking to me. I'm in the expectation that if he wants to get my attention, he's going to scream it from the rooftops and do everything he needs to do to get my attention. But many times God is speaking in a whisper from his word. That's why it's so important to dive into the scriptures for ourselves. So important to make sure that soaping is not just like a New Year's resolution or a Daniel fast resolution, but a routine somebody, right? We want to draw near to God so we are hearing from God. And we want to cut out all distractions because there's these beautiful things called cell phones. And maybe yours doesn't do this, but mine has a supernatural ability that it's developed over the years. Um, as soon as I open my Bible and I'm pressing into the word, uh, it grows arms and legs. And out of nowhere, it begins to scale my body and work its way into my hand, turn itself on, begin checking its own email, begin answering its own text messages. It's crazy because it definitely can't be me because I'm never the problem, correct? So, <laughs> right, confession time today. If Daniel can confess in the word, I think we can confess to ourselves today. So often we want to be rid of distractions so we can hear and press into the word. So I want to encourage you right now, whether you're here live with us inside of the Zoom, or perhaps you're watching later on on our podcast or our YouTube, hey, cut off the phone, turn off the Netflix, right? The news, by the way, will be there when we're done. This is a time to say, God, I'm here to simply hear from you. And I am also drawing near to you and getting rid of all distractions. And that's what Daniel's doing here. And while Daniel is pressing into the word, God spoke. Now, what Daniel didn't hear was an audible voice from God, but an impression from the spirit of the Lord on his heart. And this impression highlighted something very special, and it was a promise from God. And I want, I want to talk about promises just for a little bit, because the promises of God are one of the most special things that you and I could have as Christ followers. The promises of God, uh, how do I put this? A promise from the Lord is not like a promise from people. You may have grown up on broken promises. You know, this was something and a freedom issue for me was to be rid of broken promises inside of my life. Uh, and even my own wife challenged me some time ago. And she said, uh, Har, because she doesn't call me pastor. She's called me by my first name. Can you believe that? Uh, she says, Har, uh, I, I don't know how to tell you this, but I know this was a pain point in your childhood that people made promises to you that you never kept. But you're following in the same pattern of overextending yourself and promises that you can't keep, right? You're writing checks that your time can't cash. And I was like, ooh, this one hurt. And as she's explaining this to me about myself, I realized 
isn't it just like a good and gracious God that he doesn't write checks of promises that he can't cash? Come on, somebody. That when he says it, he means it. And when there's a promise, as the Bible would tell us, it is yes and amen inside of him. And I want to really express to you today that there is a promise in the word of God for you today. Inside of the promises, if you're feeling despair and anxiety, there is peace inside of the presence of Jesus for you today. But it's a promise that we have to lay hold of because he could say, hey, I promise you that when the Daniel fast is done, you can go to Wawa and get free coffee. Maybe some of you are Starbucks people. You can go and get your favorite Starbucks drink for free. I guarantee once that fast breaks, you are driving 70 miles an hour in a 50 mile per hour speed zone, speeding to get your coffee that morning because you are laying hold of the promise that's in front of you. But here's the thing. God's promises are much greater than a cup of caffeine, right, somebody? God's promises are for us, but we have to lay hold of them. If it's not peace for you, perhaps for you today, it's you're praying for that child, you're praying for that friend, you're praying for that parent to come to know Christ, and you've been pressing in and pressing in and pressing in. I want to tell you, there's not one person that could change their mind. There's not one thing that's going to push them. It is nothing by the spirit of the Lord that's going to draw them to him, which is why we have to press into the promise. And there's a promise for every single one of us inside of the word today. And for many of us, I believe that we don't see the promises of God, not because he hasn't spoken it, but because we haven't said, Lord, I'm here to boldly approach you for what you have written about inside of your promises. Can I get an amen from someone? So when Daniel is laying hold to the promise right here, God, you promised freedom from your people, a home for your church. God, you have promised that they're going to come back into your presence but Lord, I recognize that there are some things standing between you and us. And it's important to know that sometimes there are barriers between us and the Lord. And it's this really weird thing called sin. You see, we all deal with it. There's not one person here, not one person listening that is not exempt from the sin issue inside of life. We all deal with this. Perhaps you may not be sinning in an outward fashion inside of your life anymore, but I can next to guarantee there are sinful motives and sinful thoughts inside of our mind and hearts that we may not even know about yet. And this is the beauty of a lifetime of becoming like Jesus. So Daniel, when he recognizes there's a promise and then knows he has to press into promise, what it says in verse three is that he turned his attention. And I think this is a prophetic word for us today to turn our attention to the Lord, because a lot of us are angled towards things. And if you're angled towards your problem, it'll be very difficult to angle towards the promise, because many of us turn our attention to problems before we turn our attention to promise. You know, my wife is like a perfect example of this whenever I think about the pressing into promise, because for her, she hears the word of God and she stays optimistic. Me, I'm a natural born pessimist. I call myself a realist, so I don't have to deal with that reality. I know I have more of us inside of this, right? There's more of us here today. No, I'm just a realist. I like to accept facts. Can I tell you, faith goes so much further than facts many times. 
because facts would say that divine healing inside of the physical body wouldn't be for today. But what the word of God promises that by his stripes, we have been healed, correct? Inside of our inner trauma wounds, you want to know what a counselor would tell me at times, you know, this might be a lifetime of undoing. But then I find once I press into the promise of his healing, I find that rest and ease to my heart and soul that I never knew was possible. So, we turn from the problem and turn to the promise. And then he declares from this place of turning to the promise and takes a heart stance. It says he sought God in prayer and petitions, fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. I want to encourage you today that you do not have to get in sackcloth and ashes. And everybody said, amen. We don't have to paint our faces with uh, fire soot. <laughs> yes, Lord. We don't have to tear apart our clothes and put on potato sacks. Yes, God. But for us, fasting, sackcloth, and ashes is so much more of a heart posture and an attitude towards God today. What that means is, God, I'm coming to you in humility. God, I know this isn't about me. Lord, I know before you that my righteous works are like filthy rags. God, I can't manipulate or bend your arm into making you do what I want you to do. But God, I'm here to align myself or turn my attention to what you have spoken. And I know if I want you to fulfill your promise, I have to get rid of this barrier of sin. And then Daniel goes on to confess the sins. The first part of his confession, he starts telling God, Lord, you are great. You are all, you are inspiring, and I stand in front of your gracious covenant. And we know you keep your commands, to, or you know you keep your promises to those who keep the, your commands. And then he says, we have sinned, done wrong, acted wickedly, turned from your commands and ordinances. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets. Something really interesting about this. Of all the people who could have said, they have not kept your commands. they have not done what they were supposed to do. They, they, they. Daniel could have said it. And may, maybe this is just me this morning, but I feel like a lot of us may fall into this category. When I see things happen, especially maybe even be a team I'm serving on, when I see things happen and maybe it's my spouse, I would say they did it. They messed up. They had this, right? Maybe my boss makes a mistake. That is their problem. But Daniel shows us a different stance today. He says, we, God, we have an issue. God, I'm choosing to stand in alignment with the people who are far from you. God, we have offended you. God, we have sinned. Yet Daniel was not the sinner. And I believe Daniel did this because he had a proper perspective on mercy and a proper perspective on God. Because when we understand what mercy really is, that the mercy of God washes us clean in spite of us. That when we can look at the love of Jesus and know that the love of Jesus is not earned by you and I, that there's nothing we can work up. There's no thing that we can build. There's no serving that we could do enough to get God to love us, right? We can do everything we can try to do, but we don't earn love when it comes to God. It's purely freely given and bestowed just like his mercy, Daniel had a proper view of mercy, therefore he had a proper view of people. Because when I see I'm nothing more than a sinner saved by the grace of God and now called a saint by him, 
When I look at people who are still in their sin, I don't stand in judgment and point fingers. Instead, I say, we have sinned because I remember just what it was like to be as destitute as they were. And I also know I need the mercy of Jesus just like they need the mercy of Jesus. So I don't look and stand in judgment. Instead, I say, God, we need your mercy. And Daniel right here is contending on behalf of the people based on the mercy of Jesus for all of us. And I think that's a good heart posture for you and for I today. Because, listen, sinners, they be sinning, church. Oh, my gosh. And sometimes the greatest sin is cutting me off in traffic. Can I get an amen from someone? I am open about my flaws. I don't try to hide them because if I try to hide them, you will find out at some point. <laughs> I would rather be self-aware and work on them. Amen. But when people cut me off in traffic, can I tell you, please don't be the one. Because I avidly say this, I forget a person is driving in that car. <laughs> I forget there's a human being behind the wheel because my first thought is you've got to be kidding me. Do you have mirrors, right? But I suddenly, I've been reminding myself of this because, again, not about resolutions, about routines. The routine of the way of thinking is, God, bless that person. You put them in my path today. And, Lord, I know I cut people off, too. And I'm not going to be so self-righteous based on myself to assume that I never mess up either. I might not cut someone off, but I guarantee I'll forget a turn signal. So I view life and view people through, through the mercy of Jesus, knowing I need it just as much as they do. And this is where Daniel's confessions coming from, was a necessity for the mercy of God shown to the people. It goes on as it goes through the word. When we jump down to verse 13, it says, just as it is written in the law of Moses, all this disaster, right? This disaster is the exile of the people from the promised land has come on us. Yet we have not sought the favor of the Lord our God by turning from our iniquities and paying attention to your truth. So the Lord kept, this is important, the Lord kept the disaster in mind and both brought it on us. In other words, he allowed it to go forward. For the Lord our God is righteous in all he has done, but we have not obeyed him. Now, some people may read this and say, God, that's kind of harsh. Lord, how can you allow disaster to come on your people? Lord, how can you allow your people to be exiled? God, how can you allow bad things to happen to good people? Ooh, a difficult topic to address. I want to take a different angle from the mercy perspective that we just talked about. When we're raising children, and I can say this from, let's say, a youth pastor perspective, when we have teenagers that we're working with on a regular basis, I know I got some youth leaders in the chat right now, we know. When we are working with our teens, we're working with kids. If they do something wrong and we give them positive reinforcement or reward based on the wrong action that they've done, they will continue to follow that path and they will continue to repeat. And one more time, repeat, and one more time, repeat, and start a cycle rather than a season. You see, when we start giving them understanding that there is consequence to action, we understand this through the perspective of the word right here, because God is saying, hey, you didn't follow what I laid out in Deuteronomy chapter 8. When I said, here's everything that you do, if you do it, I will bless you beyond belief. I will bless your socks off. But if you don't, I assure you, curse is going to come upon you. 
And they decided to test God and disobey God. And disaster came upon them. And this is the mercy of God, that he gives us consequences as children. And it's a good father to discipline his children. If he did not love us, he would not discipline us. If he didn't love us, he wouldn't allow us to go through difficult things to understand the goodness and the promises that he has for us. So the Lord kept the disaster in mind and let it happen to the people because he said, listen, you guys need to learn what it's like to live without me then. If you want to, I will allow you to. But my promise is after 70 years, if you just hold on through the consequence, I'll bring you home. I'll bring the promise to fruition for each and every one of you. And that's why God raises up people like Daniel. And Daniel continues on through the word. He goes on, and I like what uh, he ends with towards the end here. He says, verse 19, Lord, hear. Lord, forgive. Lord, listen and act. My God, for your own sake, do not delay, because your city and your people bear your name. What he's saying is, Lord, words are just words, but action, action tells a story. So God, will you act today? God, those promises, what you've spoken, will you act today? And I need some action inside of the church. I need some action inside of my community. I need some action inside of my neighborhood. I think when I look at 2024, I don't see a year of despair. I don't see a year of problems, but I see a year of promise because our God promises to act when we seek his face. Our pro our Lord promises to step up and do more than we could ever ask, think, or imagine when we put our, turn ourselves toward him and say, God, will you come and act? I have neighbors that need to know you. Come on. I spell faith two different ways. O-B-E-Y and A-C-T-I-O-N. Action. Faith is a verb today because belief Belief is saying, okay, I know something can happen, but action, faith is belief going into action. And then what go, comes to full circle all the way around, Daniel sits here, he confesses the sins of Israel before God. He calls on the promise of the Lord and he says, God, will you act today? And while he's promising, the Lord sends a response, verse 23, at the beginning of your petition, an answer went out. I want you to know today, and I want you to get this deep in your heart, let it mark your spirit, and let it change your prayer life. God loves answering prayers. You may have been praying some of the same prayers for 20 years. Come on, I know we have some, some saints that have gone through the marathon in here. You may have been praying the same prayer for that son and daughter or that grandchild for years, and you may not see any fruit yet. But I want to assure you, when we are faithful to the word of God and faithful to the Lord, he, he will answer the prayers and petitions of his people. I can confidently say, I'm sitting here today. I'm talking to you today because of the prayers of a grandmother who didn't even get to see the promise rewarded that when she went to her grave, she still had a grandson right here that was living in rebellion that had not even really known the grace, love, and mercy of Jesus yet. But that woman prayed like her life depended on it. I still remember being mid-conversation with her and her praying under her breath for the grace and mercy of Jesus to fill me because she knew her grandson was wild. Come on, somebody. 
but she prayed based on the promise, not the problem. And she didn't get to see it fulfilled, but the promise was still fulfilled. Why does this happen? Because it goes on in that same verse 23. Gabriel came to give the promise, the answer to the promise, answer to the prayer, because you are treasured by God. Some of your translations might say, for you are precious to God. And I want to close on this. You, you church, you, you, you are treasured by God. You are so precious to him. He would never allow you to come to shame, says the word. A bruised reed he will not break. And so many of us feel bruised today. So many of us feel bruised and beat up by the winds of life. So many of us feel bruised and beat up by the people who are supposed to be closest to us and are walking in betrayal. So many of us are that bruised reed. But I want to encourage you. He will not break you because you are treasured to him, precious to God. And whatever treasure he has, he guards and protects so long, so long, so long, so long as we stay angled and turned towards him. You are treasured today. You might have to get that deep inside of your heart and deep inside of your mind today. I'm an individual. I say this often. I set things as my phone backgrounds to remind me. I put on a sticky note and I will move it around my Bible constantly to get it deep in my spirit. I have a black notebook that I write everything in when my devotional time. Maybe you should write down on this on your notebook, on your notes, on your Bible app, somewhere inside of there. I am God's treasure. And he, he will not break me. He always gives a way out when there's temptation. He keeps his promises to you and to me. Amen, church. Listen, I want to pray for you today as we come to a close that no matter what you're facing inside of life, turn from the problem and turn to the promise. Because inside of the promise, there's hope. Inside of the promise, I know that my God is going to show up and he lays his presence inside of the promise. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for each and every person that is here today. Everyone that's pressing into your word. God, we know that you have manna from heaven for us today. And as we fast, as we brittle our bodies, God, as we sacrifice ourselves on the altar before you, that, Lord, you are speaking. God, you are working things out that we don't even see yet. But, Lord, we choose not to focus on problems. We choose not to focus on the obstacles. But instead, we just choose to view problems with work clothes on and problems as promises not yet fulfilled. So, Lord, fill us with your mercy today. God, if there's any barriers between us and you in the sin realm, God, I just pray you would reveal it to us today. And Lord, we choose to repent. We don't repent based on us being self-righteous, but by your loving compassion and mercy. Holy Spirit, fill us today. And we're calling on the great promise keeper. And we pray this and ask this in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody said, amen, amen, amen. God bless you all. Have an incredible, incredible Thursday.